You are Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's do this. Welcome to a Friday edition of Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the only podcast that breaks down every Heat game, news item, rumor, and more. Thank you for listening and for subscribing and to those who support us on Patreon. My name is Wes Goldberg, and I'm here, as always, with David Ramil. Happy Friday, everybody. We've got a great show for you today. We're going to play Guess the Record and look ahead to the games against the Thunder, Pacers, and Trailblazers. But first, I want to start with this. After Wednesday's loss to the Bulls, 538 is projecting that the Heat will finish with a record of 37 and 45 and gives them just a 46% chance of making the playoffs. And this next stretch of games is not easy. The next 12, starting tonight versus the Thunder, includes a six-game road trip on the West Coast, eight games versus playoff teams, 10 games if you include teams pushing hard for the playoffs like Sacramento and Detroit, and Golden State twice. Now, the Heat do get the trade deadline and the All-Star break in between those things, but it doesn't look super awesome for the Heat, David, and I'm I'm kind of leaning to this point where I think it might be time to pull the plug on this season, to be honest. I, I just don't know how realistic that is. Like, we keep talking about this uh, with the assumption that the front office feels the same way that we do. And, you know, you see Pat Riley in the stands at Cleveland. Um, you see him at Madison Square Garden. And you get the feeling that he's evaluating this team and trying to figure it out. Then, of course, the Heat win two games against very bad teams, come back to Miami and drop one, and you wonder what, what's going through his head. What's I mean, he is the ultimate decision maker. That he relies on the input of Eric Spolster and Andy Ellisberg and Nikki Harrison. And those, that's fine. Even Shane Batty, I imagine, has a voice in that front office. But is he ready to just trade all these players away? Is he ready to just give up on this season and say, we can't make anything, we can't even reach the playoffs? Or if we do, what's the point? I, 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 the ceiling for this team was never particularly high in the first place. So I'm not sure that there is that kind of same frustration from the front office that the fans are feeling. And I wonder if the fans are just feeling this because, one, they're fans. And it's a pretty bad loss against the Chicago Bulls. And so you have to wonder, and you look at this roster, and you go, well, nobody's going to step up. There's nobody here that has, quote-unquote, superstar potential. Even if they're able to get the very best out of this you know, limited roster, what does that mean as far as an early playoff exit, probably, at best? And I don't know that the front office necessarily cares about that same process i mean i imagine they're probably seeing it from a more business analytical perspective as far as we have to pay a lot of money for a team that's not particularly good but are they making enough money on say vice jersey sales or playoff tickets or parking or whatever concessions they sell to american airlines arena to balance it out in their mind or does even does mickey harrison even care i mean he's a billionaire i mean how much is he paying (laughs) in the the, no seriously how much is he paying in luxury tax, a, a, you know, a, a, a small amount in comparison to what his actual fortune is. I mean, if somebody told you you can leave the team as is because you like the team as currently constructed, and assuming you were, you know, a, a typically salaried person in the United States and said, well, we'll find you $100 to keep the team as is, as is, would you really go through the process of breaking it up, knowing that you could, I mean, if it's only going to cost you $100 to keep it that way? I mean, it's really, I don't even think about the bill this year. It's just about, you know, the threat of dipping into the repeater tax, which I even think at that point 
a billionaire like McGarrison would have an issue with. And I think that's it's almost like the looming threat of the repeater tax, which just increases that luxury tax bill exponentially, is I think the reason why. And let's like he's a billionaire for a reason. Like he is a savvy businessman. Like he's not gonna just pay more for a lousy product. I just think out of principle, you know. I don't even know if it's really about the money. And yeah, the I just, reason he's a billionaire is because his father was a billionaire. But anyway, well, that's, that's yeah, a whole but, other story. Well, we know some billionaires don't typically. Never mind. Um, but I, I do think I don't know what pull the plug looks like, right? I don't. I, if they could just trade away all the the bad contracts, they would have done that already, you know. But. Maybe it's more like from the fan base kind of pull the plug on the season. Like maybe we need to lower our expectations. I mean, you talk about expectations. This team won 44 games last year. They're projected by 538 to win 37. And I think that's pretty accurate because the Heat only have a 24 and 25 record right now. And that's mostly after having the second easiest or the easiest schedule, depending on what you look at, look at in the entire NBA through the first half of the season. For the first 41 games, the Heat had one of the two easiest schedules in the league, and they really weren't able to take advantage of it at all. And you can blame that on injuries or whatever you want to blame it on, but they they weren't able to take advantage, and it's only going to get harder from here on out. I don't see them getting to the 44 wins that they got to last year. I no. don't really see them getting to above 500 unless something drastic changes with this trade deadline or something like that. But I don't know, man. Like, it's just... Like, after that Utah game, which was on December 12th, we talked about that being rock bottom, that was a nice, fun little stretch. The Heat went 10-4 and in that next month. Between December 12th and January 12th, they went 10-4. and That was fun. That was Point Winslow, or Point Justice at its finest, and that was, that was a good time. Since then, they're 3-5, and five, and they haven't... The, you know they the the games that they won the Knicks and the Cavaliers weren't very impressive. They lost. They dropped that game against the Bulls, which was really disappointing. I just don't really know what's left to prove, and I do think that in these next three games, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, right before the trade deadline on on February seventh, the Heat really need to make some decisions and at least get under the luxury tax so that we're not forced. And look, it's really not about the money. I don't care what McGarrison pays. I, I just don't want this team to be saddled by that when they're trying to construct a contender in the future if that becomes an option, right? I don't want them wor- I don't want them having to do the whole Mike Miller amnesty thing because they don't want to pay the, the repeater tax and the luxury tax. I want them to put the best roster possible out there because I'm kind of sick of this one. I'm just I'm just sort of over it. And at this point, you just gotta, I guess, punt the rest of the season, and you really gotta think about hey. We don't have a lot of really great assets. Would it be better to sort of tank the rest of the year? Because they haven't been doing it. Would it be better to just tank the rest of the year, whatever that might look like, try to land a top eight pick, and use that as an asset to go get a star maybe this offseason? If you don't want to play the whole rebuild game, you could still use a... Like right now, the Heat are going to be picking at 16. That's not That has zero value on the trade market. They've got to get into that lottery and maybe you know up the ante a little bit for a potential trade. So what's the easiest path to quote-unquote tanking? Like, what are you going to give up on this roster that if you remove it from this roster, automatically makes them a a bad team, capable of losing that many games? I think you've got to basically shut down Derek Jones Jr., shut down probably Goran Dragic. They're already shut down. I mean, I don't know that... I'm saying, look, I'm not trying to be antagonistic. At the same time, just this team, because of its... Let's say the baseline for this team, as far as talent is concerned, is neither too high or too low. 
everybody on this roster is, for the most part, fairly playable and capable of contributing to towards a victory. Like, you have to remove not just one player, but, like, many players in order to get them to, quote-unquote, start actively losing. This isn't, you know, 1998 and Tim Duncan goes down and all... I'm sorry, uh, David Robinson goes down and all of a sudden you wind up with the first pick in the draft to get Tim Duncan. It's not the same thing. Like, this isn't... You can't remove LeBron James from this roster and then all of a sudden right. have them fall apart. So who can you remove? If you're talking about let's start trading away assets or players or let's start shutting people down, like at what point do you start shutting down so many players that it actually contributes towards losing? Because I, I don't... I mean, you, you could shut down Justice... And I'm sure somebody will yeah, step and, up. I, and yeah, we can't do that. I see what you're saying. Like, this team might just not have to actively do anything. They just might be bad enough to end up with a top eight pick or something like that. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I think ultimately it involves trading away the guys that you know you're not really going to get much from for the future. Magruder, Ellington. You, I don't know what the price on James Johnson and Olenek and guys that, you know, probably could help contending teams has been. Whatever that price is, you probably drop that price. I just don't see the point, you know. I just like I like James Johnson. I like Kelly Olynyk as players. I could like them as players in Houston or Denver or somewhere else. Like I don't, they don't need to be on the Heat. They're just sort of wasting away here, where they I think they, those guys can really help other teams and just get something for those guys, right? This plan hasn't worked, and there's no reason to pay those guys and have those guys in the roster for three years after this season. I just don't see the point. So just trade them for nothing. Really, like just trade them for nothing because at the very least you're you're getting some more cap flexibility. Again, I don't know what the price has been from that front office, but these next few weeks, like this next week, is going to be really important. And I think if the Heat don't make a move, any kind of move, just to show that they are aware of what's going on to the fan base, it could be problematic. I think from a fan support uh, perspective. But it all starts um, Friday tonight against the Oklahoma City Thunder. We're going to play Guess the Record next. Okay, it's time for Guess the Record. But really quick, let's look back on the week that was. David, you're making some moves here. So I, I projected that they, the, we both predicted wins against Cleveland. We were right. I predicted a loss against New York. You sort of predicted a loss against New York, but in, a, in an act of gamesman, game, gamesmanship. Yes. You predicted a win, and you got the win. It paid off. And then we both predicted wins against Chicago. That didn't work out super great. And so um, you end up winning the week, which takes my season lead from plus two down to a plus one advantage. So you're catching up, basically. Nice. Yeah. So what, this is, this, we're both hovering around 500. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds familiar. Much like the team. Yeah, much like the team itself. Um, uh, that's good. I mean, look, uh, I, I probably would have gone with the same thing. I mean, you predicted a loss. Wait, so... Don't you go to, yeah, you predicted a loss, so you actually win the week. No, against the Knicks, I predicted a loss. That's they won. okay. No, I know, but you, overall, though, you went two and you went two and one on the week, and you, the record over the week was actually two and one. So you, no, won. I went one and two on the week. I predicted a win against Chicago. Oh, sorry, but you, yeah, but you, okay, a win against Chicago. Okay, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, maybe I'm confusing you, but you so also I, predicted. Oh, you're right, you predicted a loss against the Knicks. Gotcha. Right, you predicted the win against the Knicks. You okay. could give me the you could give me the week if you want, but no, that's okay. okay. You'll I'll take it. I'll take the opportunity wherever it presents itself. <laughs> so the, they play the Thunder tonight. Um, the last time these two teams met was last season. They haven't played yeah. this year, so yeah, this um, is interesting. Yeah, the Thunder are really good. The Heat without aren't. Stephen Adams. I mean, 
That's he's true. Working he's day to day, back. I thought. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah, he's working his way back in Orlando. He was warming up before the game. I guess team doctors ultimately decided that he wasn't ready to go. Um, but does it really matter? Because you still have uh, MVP-type candidate and Russell Westbrook and Ben Paul George, both of them MVP candidates at this point in the season. And they've got... I wouldn't say Westbrook is, but yeah, Paul George is for sure. I think a lot of people consider Westbrook, the former MVP winner, as a perennial MVP candidate. Although I agree with you that he's not played as well as we don't. He has we don't yet. need to. We don't need to go into the whole. You know, is Russ good or not? Our debate, but yeah, um, I think the interesting matchup here is going to be that backcourt versus our backcourt, and I don't think that's a stretch. Justice Winslow, Josh Richardson. Versus basically Russell Westbrook and Paul George, because Paul George isn't going to be slotted on whoever is playing the three that game, right? Paul George is probably going to be slotted on Josh Richardson or Justice Winslow. Paul George will guard, you know, poison point guards all the time um, for the Thunder this year. So that's going to be really interesting to watch at the very least. I don't know if it'll necessarily be fun for Heat fans, depending on how that goes. But I've got this as a loss for Miami. Yeah, I don't... uh... I can't at this point see how it works out otherwise. Yeah, I mean, who, who they start? They start uh, Terrence Ferguson, right? That's a two guard yeah. alongside Westbrook. So yeah. he's a shooter. Is, he's athletic. Yeah, he's, he's found a good three point stroke this season. If if we assume that Allington's going to continue to start, that's not a good matchup. Um, I imagine Justice would start on Paul George and mm-hmm. Richardson would guard Westbrook. Either way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the problem more, I think, is, is Paul George. I'm curious to see how that Winslow versus um, George matchup is because you know, Paul George has been playing at another level this season. And although so good. Winslow has had a good matchup against Paul in the past, I just I don't sure how it's going to work out this season, especially if he's handling the the majority of the ball uh, the ball handling duty. So, yep, um, yeah, that's it's <laughs> not a good place for Miami to start proving themselves. So y- you hope. Like they're practicing on Thursday. They practice on Thursday. They'll practice. No, they won't practice on Friday. They'll have their regular shoot around. Um, and so you imagine that they're going to be a little bit more engaged. But then again, they had a number of days off to prepare for a really bad Chicago Bulls team, and they wound up giving a bazillion points up to Bobby Portis. So um, there's no way of predicting exactly which version of this team will show up. Uh, they could. I could see them beating the Thunder. I mean, the Thunder can be exploited. It's not like they're mm-hmm. a perfect team by any stretch of the imagination. They've yeah, I mean, their defense. Westbrook can just shoot them out of a game at yes. times. And so you kind of just hope that that happens. If you shut down Paul George and yeah. everybody else is having a bad game, it, it, it certainly works in Miami's favor. Um, the thing is also that they're very good defensively. They break up a lot of passes. They have a lot of players, Westbrook and George in particular, who, who you know, put keep their active hands there to break up passes. Uh, and, and so it's, it's tough to score. Then again, Miami's never really relied on their offense much anyway throughout the season. They'd scored just enough points to beat you. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go a little crazy and predict a win against the thunder. Wow. Yes. So the path is basically Russ shoots them out of the game. Uh, Steven Adams maybe doesn't play and Miami's able to take advantage in the paint. And you just hope Paul George doesn't go completely um, nuclear Okay, I like it. I mean, hey, you got to do what you got to do to try to catch up, and I'm a little scared. Um, I got to let you start predicting the wins again but nice. first, but I guess that would be unfair, so I'll just keep doing it. No, it's cool. It's okay. I know. I would have gone this way anyway. I mean, it's not about it's not about trying to match up with you. I'm like Eric Spolster. It's not about the individual matchups. I'm going to find a way to, to rise to the occasion regardless. All right, let's, we're going to look ahead to the final two games of this next slate of games um, after this break. 
All right, let's wrap up the week with uh, Saturday versus Indiana and Tuesday against Portland, which is going to be on TNT, by the way. Um, let's start with the, that Pacers game. The Heat are going to be on the second night of a back-to-back. So they play the Thunder Friday. They play the Pacers on Saturday night. Um, last time that these two teams played, the Pacers and the Heat, was November 16th. The Heat lost, 99-91. They uh, they lost the previous matchup, so the Heat are 0-2 against the Pacers this season. Uh, in the last time, in the last meeting, Josh Richardson had 28 points, but Tyreek Evans, that was the game where he had 23 points off the bench and hit like a million three-pointers. Hmm. Um, Victor Oladipo was 3 of 12 for just 8 points in that game, and the Pacers still were able to get the win. Hmm. But if you're the Heat, Victor Oladipo is not playing in this game, and so maybe that's your chance to get a win against the Pacers finally this season. You know... This one, I'm going to go ahead and predict a loss at because I I, I just feel like the Pacers supporting cast, um, and, and they're going to be well, they're going to be out on the day of rest. They actually play in Orlando on Thursday, and then they're going to come down to Miami. So I I I feel like players like Miles Turner and Demontis Sabonis and even Tyreek Evans or Darren Collison, who has been a thorn in Miami's side in the past, those are the type of players that could um, make a difference. So you know. I'm going to go ahead and say that Miami drops this one the second night of a, of a back-to-back. I think they can play closely. I think they can you know match up for a little bit. But ultimately, even without Oladipo, you know, a guy like Thad Young, for example, you know, he, he, he presents a matchup problem for James Jones, uh, Johnson. excuse me. So um, I, I could see this going in Indiana favor. I'm going to say it's going to be a loss for Miami. That puts me in an interesting situation because if I go with a win here, I could maybe go with your gut. Go with your I could, gut. Man. I, I could balance out that Oklahoma City game if somehow Miami's able to win. But if I predict a loss here, I could end up going zero and two, and you could take a two zero lead here. Or if I predict a win here, I mean, I could end up going zero and two. I'm a little hesitant to go against against you in both games, and I don't like the fact that the Heat are playing on the second night of a back to back, even though it hasn't necessarily slowed them down a whole lot this season. I don't like that they're playing at home. They haven't been great at home, but I do like that. I mean, I don't like that there's no Victor Oladipo. He's one of my favorite players to watch, but it does help Miami. So I'm going to go with a win here. So we've got two. This could be. This is going to be a, a a very important week at the end of the season when we look back on this because uh, we went for maybe the first time for the first two games of the week. Uh, we we went. We predicted different um, outcomes. So I think we're going to really picture the same one against in the third game here. Yeah, so the, this last game, Tuesday versus Portland, uh, this game will be on TNT, which might not be great for the Heat because uh, the Trailblazers are going to be coming off almost a full week of rest. Their their last game, David, before this game, this this upcoming game against Tuesday was Wednesday night versus Utah. That late game, I think that was ESPN, right? That late ESPN yeah. game yes. was will be the last time that they play before this game on Tuesday versus the Heat. They're getting almost a full week off. I don't even know how this happened. But the last time that these two teams played was way early in the season. It was like the first week of the season, October 27th. Uh, the Heat won 120 to 111. Goran Dragic had 28 points and five assists in that game. Damian Lillard dropped 42, but he was really the only guy on Portland doing anything for them. I have this as a loss. Yeah, Portland's not dropping this at home. They're, they're not going to welcome the Heat and then lose there. This isn't this isn't 2013. Chris Bosh isn't you know hitting game winners. Um, as much as I wish that was the case, uh, Nurkic has been playing really well. Uh, I think he was out against the Jazz, but he's got that whole week, and I think he'll come back. 
Um, and he's been pretty good. I think his physicality can, you know, unless Whiteside's up for the challenge, which you never know. They've got some unexpected production from Jake Lehman. Um, CJ McCollum has been a little inconsistent. Mm-hmm. They're still a good team, and ultimately they still have Damon Lillard, who is very, very dangerous. And again, at home, I don't think they're – I mean, they're very good at home, 22-7 and seven overall at home. So that's – I can't imagine them dropping to a, a team like Miami. I, I'll go with a loss. So two losses um, on TNT, and I don't think it's going to be very close. All right, quickly before we wrap up here, jersey swap predictions for Dwayne Wade, he, who hasn't played the last couple of games, um, but we got to predict something. All so George. versus the Thunder, haven't played them yet. It's, it's not Russ. Be, I, I, yeah, I was going to say, it's got to be Russ or Paul George, and it's, it's going to um, be Paul George, I think, that Eastern I can't yeah, see him. Like, Russ is so angry all the time. I just can't see yeah, him, right. like, wanting to stand there. Yeah, I don't, I would. if it's a win, he doesn't care. He <laughs> just wants to get out of there. The if camera, it's a loss, yeah. he's not going to stand there fuming and accept a jersey from an opponent that he was just angry about for the last 48 minutes. So I think on Indiana, uh, Oladipo's already gotten it, um, and he's not playing. I'm going to go I'm gonna go crazy. I'm just going to say Miles Turner. I think I don't know how, but Miles Turner and Josh Richardson have a relation, or or Justice Winslow have a relationship. Maybe like Miles Turner texts Winslow, "Hey, hey, can you get me D Wade's number?" And Winslow will be like, "No, I'm not really comfortable giving you his number, but I can ask him something if you want." And Miles will be like, "Hey, can, well, can you ask him if I can have the jersey?" And then Justice will call out from the other side of the locker room, like, "Hey, D, uh, Miles Turner wants your jersey when you guys play." Wow. And Dwayne Wade will be it's, like, uh... "Fine." So and that's interesting story there. I, I don't know. I just don't see the connection with Turner at all. No, I'm going to go with Thad Young. All right. Thad Young. All right. I'm going to go with Miles Turner. Okay. So that's we'll good. S- whatever. We'll see how that happens. <laughs> and then versus Portland, CJ McCollum already got the jersey the first time these teams, these teams met. I don't really – like Damian Lillard might do it. Um, we know that CJ McCollum reached out to Dwayne Wade. He really wanted the jersey. So may, I'm just – I'm, I'm going to go with Lillard on this one. Uh, I, but I could also see, like, Evan Turner. Yes. Yes. Well, Evan Turner, the difference maker for the Indiana Pacers all those years ago. Um, Turner's right. a good guy. Like, I don't have a problem with that. Uh, but no, there's nobody else there that I think, nobody from Marquette or anything that he has some kind of connection to. It's going to be Lillard or Turner, I think. Um, and it's at Portland. I don't think that them, right. He's got to play Kate to the crowd there. Look, they're going to get blown mm. out by 20. It's okay. Yeah. It'll be all smiles afterwards. He'll hand Dame Lillard the jersey. Dame will thank him. It's all good. All right. Well, uh, well that wraps it up. So just to quickly recap, you've got um, a, you've got a win versus Oklahoma City tonight. I've got the Heat losing. I've got them beating the Pacers tomorrow night on Saturday. You've got them losing that game. And then we both have losses against Portland. And then jersey swaps against Oklahoma City. We're both predicting Paul George and against the Pacers, either Miles Turner or Thad. Well, I'm going Miles Turner. You're going Thad Young. And I think we both agree on Portland. Probably either Damon Lillard or Evan Turner, but we're both leaning towards Lillard. So that's it. That's all we have for today. Thanks for listening. If you've got a smart speaker, you can tell it to play podcast Locked on Heat. Connect with us on Twitter at Locked on Heat or email us at LockedOnHeat at gmail.com. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for joining me, David. You got it, Wes. Yeah! Wrap it up,